Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, July 13th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The UK is taking a U-turn when it comes to Huawei. WeWork's executive chairman expects big things for the company come 2021, and a U.S. federal banking regulator is warning banks that they shouldn't use coronavirus as cover for closing branches. Plus, I'll check in with the FT's Laura Noonan about U.S. banks and why they will be a tale of two very different types of earnings. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The UK has been facing pressure for months from both the US and conservative MPs to box out Huawei from its 5G network. And it looks like this week, Boris Johnson will do just that. The UK prime minister is expected to ban the use of new kit made by the Chinese telecoms equipment maker in Britain's 5G networks. The ban will take effect within months. Back in January, the Johnson administration capped the company's market share at 35%. And now the UK is turning to its so-called Five Eyes security partners to find alternatives to Huawei. Five Eyes is composed of the US, UK, Australia, Canada, and New Zealand, and it's also turning to other allies to try and fast-track Huawei's rivals. But Huawei hasn't given up. The company is pushing for a meeting with number 10 officials. The hope is that they can convince Mr. Johnson not to kick them out of the networks until 2025 at the earliest. Now, turning to WeWork, which could be emerging from the crisis better than it went into it. The FT recently interviewed WeWork executive chairman Marcelo Claret. He said that the shared office space provider is on track to have positive cash flow in 2021, which is a year ahead of schedule. Mr. Claret said the company is on the pathway to profitability after it cut its workforce by more than 8,000 people, renegotiated leases, and sold off assets. Last year, WeWork's workforce reached a high of 14,000 people. 2019 was also the year the SoftBank-backed company abandoned its hotly anticipated IPO. But in an unexpected twist, the pandemic has actually driven up some demand for WeWork services. The need for shared office space is less, but Mr. Claret said demand for private spaces is, quote, through the roof. MasterCard, TikTok owner ByteDance, Microsoft, and Citigroup have signed new lease agreements with WeWork over the past month. This all comes just nine months after SoftBank stepped in with a multi-billion dollar rescue package to prevent WeWork from running out of cash. SoftBank and WeWork are still in litigation over the bailout, which included a $3 billion share buyout that was never completed. And banks looking to use COVID as an excuse to get out of fundamental banking regulation have another thing coming. That's according to Brian Brooks. He took over as the acting head of the Office of the Comptroller of Currency in May. The head of the U.S. banking watchdog recently spoke to the FT. He said that banks hoping to shut branches or to win permanent concessions from regulators should rethink their COVID strategy. Branches are temporarily shut because of coronavirus and customers are using more online services. And bankers have privately said they hope the pandemic will help them accelerate branch closures. But Mr. Brooks said there will not be a permanent extension of the waivers banks might have enjoyed on some regulations to keep them lending through the pandemic. It's not the first time he's offered a warning about certain moves made during coronavirus. Within a few days of starting his job, he told U.S. mayors and governors they were endangering the financial system by locking down economies. And here's a story you should know more about. Now, turning to bank earnings. 
this week, the major U.S. banks will report, and it'll be two very different stories when it comes to what happened in the most recent quarter, namely how trading and loan losses affected these institutions. The FT's U.S. banking editor, Laura Noonan, has more. On the investment banking and trading side, we're expected to see an exceptionally strong quarter. The world's biggest investment bank, JP Morgan, has said that its trading revenues could be up by more than 50%. That's because there's been a lot of activity, um, a lot of buying and selling, and also because the value of some trading assets banks hold went down the first quarter and then went up in this quarter. So for the trading banks, it's going to be a really strong quarter, we think, and that will play particularly well for Goldman Sachs and for Morgan Stanley, who who have trading as being the biggest portion of their overall bank. Investment banking will also do really well. Investment banking in terms of advising clients on debt and equity raising in particular. So we had a record first half of the year for investment banking fees. That will also play to Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley's strength. On the other side, then you have the core banking and lending businesses. This is stuff like what you see in the retail branches and also lending to corporate customers. That's going to be a very different story. We're expecting to see a record amount of money set aside for future loan losses because of the coronavirus pandemic. And that's going to be a real drag for the big balance sheet banks, the big lending banks. That's people like Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Citigroup and JP Morgan Chase. Laura, how have recent stimulus actions affected banks this quarter? Generally, they really helped. So the one downside, of course, is interest rates. Interest rates came down a lot and that hurts banks. However, the Fed had a massive program to buy bonds and other assets that has really helped liquidity in those markets. It's also helped underpin the value of bank of assets that banks hold in that market. So that's been very positive. The other thing is that the government stimulus, that has really helped the banks in terms of actual loan losses because people who would otherwise be defaulting are not defaulting. So that has really helped the banks. But the concern about that is that the stimulus around boosting people's income in particular is a very temporary thing. We don't know how long it's going to last. We know it's definitely not going to last forever. So there's almost an air of unreality about some of the conversation around loan losses. And it makes it harder, ironically, for banks to understand the underlying behavior of their customers. So what we will see this time is we mentioned there will be a big increase in the charges for future loan losses. What we're not going to see is very much actual loan losses, very much write-offs because loans have actually defaulted and been written off. And that's because of the stimulus programs and because people's income is being kept unrealistically high. And also there were some measures passed which basically allowed people to take up a range of forbearance measures whereby they agreed that they wouldn't pay their loans for like 90 days, for six months, for various periods. That all gives people breathing space, but it also makes it harder for banks to understand the underlying condition of their books. And that then raises the level of uncertainty around how this is all going to play out. Laura, a lot of people will be looking out for news regarding dividends. What can you tell us about that? So the most interesting one on dividends is going to be Wells Fargo, which reports earnings on Tuesday. Wells Fargo is the only bank who, because of the Fed, gave new guidance that said that banks' dividends could not exceed their average net income for the previous four quarters. Wells Fargo is the only bank who has said that because of that new rule, it will have to cut its dividend. What it hasn't said is how much it's going to cut its dividend by, and that's what Wells Fargo is going to be telling us when they report earnings come Tuesday. The other banks have said very consistently that they intend to pay dividends through this crisis unless the bottom falls out completely. And certainly in having unofficial conversations with senior bank executives in recent days, I have no reason to expect any change in that message. So the banks remain very committed 
to the extent that it is at all possible to continue to pay their dividends. What the caveat is that obviously if the situation becomes much more serious and they see bigger losses, then they're not going to do that. So Wells will be the interesting point. The other thing related to dividends that they'll talk about is we had the Federal Reserve stress test two or three weeks ago now, but the Fed also indicated that it would ask banks to submit a revised capital plan and revised plans generally by the within about 45 days. And they'll also run another round of stress tests. So I think investors are going to be asking banks how they see those revised capital plans shaping up and if they are changing their thinking around dividends. So it's not so much that they would cut dividends that have already been announced. It's more, are they thinking about dividends differently in light of the fact that the Fed does seem to be thinking about dividends a little bit differently? And also, if the banks have any guidance as to what the future Fed review is going to look like. So the Fed almost hinted that they might do another full-on stress test come September, but they didn't quite say that. And in the interim, the banks may have gotten some clarity from the Fed in terms of what that might look like. And certainly, what investors want on dividends is certainty. And the Fed decision took away a lot of certainty. So I think that they're hoping the banks will have heard something unofficially that can maybe give them a bit more confidence, not around this quarter's dividends, which they're comfortable on, aside from Wells Fargo, but around dividend policy generally for the coming three, four, five, six, seven quarters. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.